Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sundays with Saima. This podcast is made for aspiring otolaryngologists to learn from trainees and professionals in the field. I'm your host, Saima Wase, fourth year medical student at Northeast Ohio Medical University. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Lindsay Madden, assistant professor in otolaryngology and practicing laryngologist at Wake Forest Baptist Health. She earned her medical degree at Kentucky College of Osteopathic Medicine. She then pursued her residency at Ohio University and fellowship at University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. Dr. Madden, thank you for joining me today. I'm excited to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me, Saima. I'm I'm excited that you're doing this podcast, and I've really enjoyed uh, listening along to uh, a lot of the episodes. So I think you've captured a lot of awesome people in our field. So keep up the good work. Of course, you're one of those awesome people that I got the pleasure of meeting in person. (laughs) So thanks for coming. And to start out, can you tell me a little bit about what drew you to otolaryngology and what that path looked like? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I definitely did not go to medical school thinking that I was going to become an otolaryngologist. I am from a a very small town. I'm the only medical person at all in my family. Um, So I thought, you know, going to medical school meant that you're just a hometown country doctor that, you know, you kind of do everything. Um, And it wasn't really until I got into medical school that I learned a little bit more about the field of otolaryngology in general. I spent some time with a local community otolaryngologist in Pikeville, Kentucky, which is a very small town. Um, It is where I went to medical school. And he was doing some really cool stuff. You know, I had never seen tonsils removed. I'm like, oh, my God, this person is like taking this fire stick and is (laughs) cutting out tonsils, you know, and I was like, that is pretty cool. You know, so that was kind of my first introduction to surgery um, in general, you know, spending time with Dr. Uh, Greg Hazlett, who has since passed away. Um, so he was an awesome guy and uh, really encouraged me to, you know, explore the field a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll like surgery. Maybe we'll we'll look into this a little bit more. But yeah, then I um, spent some time when I was on uh, Gynoc, actually, on, as part of my OB-GYN rotation. Um, and there was an ENT intern on, and they were mm-hmm. just like so stoked to, to be, you know, an ENT and to be starting their ENT residency. So um, I think they encouraged me to set up a rotation uh, on ENT as an elective, and then the rest is history from there. I kind of fell in love with it. Oh, that's amazing. And it's funny that your perspective of medicine kind of changed with your one otolaryngology experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, little little twists of fate can kind of change your path. Yeah, exactly. And so then after you went to residency at OU, you had a special interest in laryngology. So can you talk about how your background in music kind of played into that and what drew you to that subspecialization? Yeah, uh, laryngology is a great field. I mean, it's it's actually pretty broad and varied. Uh, you know, we take care of 
high level performers and vocalists and we take care of patients who can't swallow and everything kind of in between dealing with the upper airway and upper air digestive tract. Um, I think what initially drew me to the field uh, was being able to care for singers and performers and people who use their voice a lot. I do have a choral music background you know, from college and a little before that. Um, so being able to just kind of be around that, those type of people um, and treat those people when they're, you know, having issues with their instrument uh, was really exciting for me. That's wonderful. So now in laryngology, you have a wide array of your practice. Can you talk a little bit about how your practice looks on a weekly basis? Yeah. So I do treat all aspects of, of laryngology currently. I would say my breakdown, if we're looking at airway, voice, and swallowing, I'm probably a little bit heavier on swallowing than voice, than airway. Um, that's kind of my breakdown of my patient population. And I, I really enjoy it. You know, we have a high head and neck uh, cancer patient population in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Our, mm. you know, cigarettes are named after our city. So unfortunately, um, we have a lot of patients who are smokers and who have smoked since they were nine. So just in our community, we have a high rate of, you know, head and neck cancer. So I end up dealing a lot with those types of patients after their head and neck cancer treatment for swallowing and voice wow. rehabilitation. So yeah, so I uh, that's kind of why my practice is a little bit more heavier on the dysphagia aspect or the swallowing aspect of laryngology. Right. And that must involve um, collaborations with other subspecialties like possibly GI. Can you talk about how laryngology and GI kind of intersect on the swallowing phase? Yeah, so our oropharyngeal swallowing mechanism, so the part of swallowing that laryngologists treat is really kind of owned by laryngologists. So um, you can't really separate swallowing though into just the throat part of swallowing. You know, you have to certainly think downstream because swallowing is everything from the the lips to, you know, the bottom. Right. <laughs> so I feel like I collaborate with my GI colleagues when I have a more complex uh, patient with complex esophageal issues. And that's mm -hmm. kind of where um, where I look to them for a little bit of help. But we definitely have great collaborative relationships with not only GI in laryngology, but neurology, pulmonology, you know, our head and neck surgery colleagues. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that's pretty great about laryngology. You know, we, we touch a lot of other aspects of medicine. Right, right. And that's a that's another thing about otolaryngology in general is you think that this is just one anatomical region that you forget the rest of your medicine in, but it's yeah. actually not true that it, you'll have a lot of manifestations of systemic disorders in the head and neck. So many. Yes, yeah. yes. So many systemic diseases can present um, in the head and neck. I have a lot of patients that I've seen, unfortunately, that have come to me with, you know, speech problems. They, they end up in my clinic and I have definitely found tongue fasciculations and, you know, concern for, 
you know, upper motor neuron diseases. Mm -hmm. So we definitely have to be on top of our game in otolaryngology and, and not forget, you know, go back to our medicine roots, right? right? You have to think about, about all the stuff that you learned in medical school. It's a lot of it's still important and pertinent in the field of otolaryngology. Mm -hmm. So in some regards, you're, you're kind of reinforcing what you thought when you went into medicine and that you're going to be taking care of everyone and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, I guess you're right. <laughs> nice. So as a, as a woman in otolaryngology, you have a, a different perspective about the field um, and where we, where we were, where we are and where we are going. So can you touch on um, kind of the past, present and future of women in otolaryngology? Yeah, so I started otolaryngology residency in 2009, and I remember, you know, going to meetings early on, and there there were a few women in the room, um, and now, you know, I look around, and there's, I think for the women in otolaryngology section at the American Academy of Otolaryngology meeting this year was standing room only. So it was very exciting. I'm not sure if you got to be there for that. I know you were at Academy this year, but um, it's very exciting to see so many women interested in this awesome field. I think I was only, I was the 23rd resident, I think, in my oh. program, and I was only the third woman. So, um, you know, when you look at the, mm -hmm. the breakdown uh, of otolaryngologists in 2009 versus now, we've definitely increased um, the number of women that are practicing and in residencies um, as well. So I think we've still got a, a ways to go. You know, our medical school classes now are about 50-50, you know, mm -hmm. when we think about breakdown between male, female, um, medical students, but uh, we definitely still are not 50-50 in the field of otolaryngology. But um, I think we have some really great he for she's in leadership positions in within otolaryngology that are certainly working hard to give women a voice, put women on podiums, put more women on panels. So uh, I'm, I'm excited that that is happening now. Yeah, that's certainly something that I noted too, was the standing room only in the women in otolaryngology section at the meeting. And it's it's exciting to see that there are he for she's like you mentioned, and it really goes both ways. It's everyone that's participating in seeing women come into the field as well, like you mentioned. Oh, yes. We have some great role models ahead of us. So yeah, I, I think it's only going to get better. <laughs> That's good. The future is bright for women in otolaryngology. <laughs> so true. So in terms of advice for students, what uh, advice would you give for students maybe interested in otolaryngology or applying for otolaryngology soon? Yeah. So I end up uh, mentoring quite a few medical students I am the otolaryngology interest group sponsor at Wake Forest. So I tell medical students, you know, try to get some early exposure to a lot of different fields. Usually I just say cold email some of these attendings. 
and say, can I come and hang out with you in clinic? I may be interested in your, in your field. And usually I think that's a good way to get your foot in the door and you can learn from what they do, learn a little bit about what their clinic is like, learn, you know, meet some of the residents uh, potentially. So I think just trying to think about fields that you may be interested in or that you may not even, you may totally change your mind. But I think some kind of cold emails is there's it's never a bad thing to kind of propose sometimes to, to meet with people in various fields. And then once you maybe set up an elective rot rotation in otolaryngology, I always tell students, I'm like, you know, be, be kind, be helpful, uh, pay attention to everyone in the room, you know, the, the nurses and the surgery schedulers, um, the scrub techs in the room, they all pay attention and they're very, they're very, play a very vital role in the otolaryngology surgical team. Um, and their opinion matters a whole lot, you know, when we're, we're getting down to selecting residents, you know, um, if they had a bad experience with a student or, you know, if they had a good experience, we, we hear it all from them. So that matters just kind of jumping in and being helpful and just being a kind and good citizen. I think that's really helpful to keep in mind. And it's sometimes harder than you think to do those things because you're so tired. You're trying to learn everything. Mm -hmm. The residents, you know, having you go and see a, a consult maybe, or you're learning so many new skills, you know, that learning curve is high, but I think, just remembering to be a nice, good person is always, always important and always helpful. Right, right. And just having that in the back of your mind when you're going through your day, I agree with that. That's how we should all live our lives, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's how we should just live our lives. Be kind. <laughs> right. That's, I think they taught us that in elementary school. So <laughs> we can be yeah, kindergarten. Think about it. <laughs> it's really hard sometimes, though, for people to remember just to be kind. Right. Especially when things get stressful and, you know, you have 10 different responsibilities all at once. Yeah. So, one thing I wanted to ask about was, I know there are some medical students who may feel afraid to jump in and and kind of take charge of situations and help out. Do you think that students should, you know, wait it out, just jump in right away? What is the best way to go about that? It's probably, in my opinion, I think jump in and help out, you know, help move the patient from the OR bed to the stretcher. I think it's, it's always a good idea to help out and jump in, you know, in, in my OR, uh, being proactive and, and trying to be helpful is, is always a good thing, you know, and it, it, you may not always do the right thing, but I think it's, it's great to just get your, get your hands dirty, get your feet wet, you know, uh, jump right in. You'll know uh, if you're doing something wrong. Somebody will definitely tell you. And don't be afraid to be wrong. <laughs> that's good that it's more about initiative rather than doing things exactly right. So that's good to know. Exactly. Exactly. In, in my OR, I can definitely speak to that. And in my clinic, it's, it's definitely okay to be wrong and always good to be helpful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Madden. We really appreciated hearing about your path to otolaryngology, your interest in laryngology, and how your practice has now become 
more about dysphagia and some of the manifestations that you have in your patient population. And then we touched on women in otolaryngology and your advice for students who are interested in the field. Any final thoughts? I, I just want to give you some, you know, encouraging final thoughts to just keep doing what you're doing. You know, you, you seem to love otolaryngology and you've really, you know, taken an interest in learning more about our field through all of these interviews. And it's great that you're sharing, you know, all that you're learning about many different subspecialties of otolaryngology that you're sharing it with the world. So thank you. Thank you, Dr. Madden. I appreciate those kind words. And thank you to the listeners for making it to the end of this episode of Sundays with Saima. Catch us next week.